Have you been struggling about creating the best offer? Or have you ever had a moment where you just throw every single bonus to your offer so you can make people see it as a very valuable offer? Well, you know what? I had that moment too. I mean, I once felt that too. Until I found Steve Larson. I first knew him when I entered the One Final Away Challenge in April 2019 and my life has never been the same after that. I mean, I've learned a lot of things, like really a lot of things. Every lesson and every class that I went through has taken me to the next level of life. And Steve is one of the coaches that changed me. To be honest, actually, I didn't like him at first. The very first video in the first week, I didn't like him because he always started his coaching class with his boom, you know, like, boom, what's up everyone, this is Steve Larson, <laughs> kind of like that, right? And I didn't like it at first, but after a while, I got used to it and I kind of like it actually. I started liking it when he shared his stories about how he started entrepreneurial journey. I mean, how he bootstrapped his way to Funnel Hacking Live event, got a job at ClickFunnel, and was known as a lead funnel builder. He also got kicked out of college and went back in four years after that. Imagine four years after being kicked out of college. Oh man, his story is really awesome. I mean, his story is insane compared uh, if you really know where he used to be compared to what he is now. It's really an awesome transformation. He even has his own podcast, Sales Funnel Radio. That's where I learn more from him. And oh yeah, I forgot. This episode is supposed to be my interview with Steve, right? I mean, I could go all day long talking about him, but I thought it's better to just follow his social media. You'll learn more about him and you'll learn more about creating the offer. Alright then, I know you've been craving for this golden nugget so here we go so the real question is this how would an entrepreneur like us who literally start from nothing or has limited resources and yet still wants to build an empire join usheruf as he answers this big question so you can apply it too welcome to focus on winning Hey Steve, say what's up to our winners and tell us one of the best things that ever happened in your entrepreneurial journey. What's up, Ashraf? And what's up, everyone else? Thank you so much for having me on here. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I really appreciate you having me. Uh, this, is, uh, this is one of my favorite times of every week is to come on and just chat with people. <laughs> I love it. Oh. So, <laughs> one of the best things that's happened in my entrepreneurial life. Um, yes. Mm, you know, one of the best things, you know, there, there's a lot of bad things, <laughs> but there's uh, uh, one of the best things, though. I think one of the best things oh that's happened has been there must be um, learning how to answer questions fast. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Me, get, me being able to sit back and say, hey, um, this is a problem, right? And entrepreneurs mm -hmm. are in the business of solving problems, mm -hmm. right? And so what I need to know how to do is exactly that. So I have a formula, I have a pattern that I follow every time I answer a question. 
And um, first of all, I got to get huge clarity on the problem itself. And then um, I go, I go learn, but I learn only what might solve this problem. And so I go Mm -hmm. walk through my bookshelves. I go to podcasts, I go to courses, gurus, and all I'm doing is I'm saying, well, do I think this could answer that question? And if not, I don't learn it. And I think it's one of the biggest problems of entrepreneurship today is everyone's trying to learn everything, which is dumb. Like if I don't need to learn SEO, why yeah. am I going to go learn SEO? Right. Yeah. Meaning if someone else is going to go do that and that's their thing, I'm going to go let them do that. And I'm just going to ask them to do it for me. And so having, having like, like your own formula for problem answering, it will bless your entrepreneurial journey like crazy. It's one of the best things that's happened. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned about finding a who rather than learning how, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. All right. As I mentioned in the intro, we are going to talk about how to create an irresistible offer. So, Steve, I want to start off with the model that you use to create an offer. What makes it so unique that you are known as the king of offer creation? Um, there's actually a lot of models that I use. Um, I only teach one or two of them. In like the one, I only teach one of them in one funnel way. Um, but there's actually, there's actually a, a very. It takes me two days of my own event to go do, so I'm not going to be able to drop it all here. Um, but what I do though is, um, it is, it's based on. Here's the problem. For the first, it took me 34 tries to go get a product to work over about five or six years. 34, and people will be like, I tried this entrepreneur game, I tried this internet game, and it didn't work. It's like dang, you got to try again. It took me 34 shots. I counted recently and uh, it's been, it's 34. And wow. one of the problems with those first 34 was that I was trying to say, what product should I sell? What product should I sell? What product should I sell? I'm not the one buying it. I shouldn't be asking myself. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest issues people have when they create a product. They put their own opinions into the offer creation process. And like, well, I wouldn't buy that. You're not the one buying it. So yeah, why are you even caring about that? What you have to be good at, this is not about you being a creative genius, putting together this amazing product. Like that's not how the game works. The game works by you being a detective. Let me go see what, first of all, who I want to serve, what pro- where they're trying to go and what problems they're running into. Can I solve one of those problems? And I anchor what I sell off of, one of those problems. And that's, that's like the bare bones formula, which is I have to know who I'm serving and who I'm not serving. I have to know where they're trying to get already. And I have to know what problems they're running into. That's how, then I create my products based off of that. And it's much easier and it's, it's much more, there's a lot more to it, but at a bare bones level, that's, those are the questions to be asking. So instead of what product should I sell? That's like question 100. Okay. You got to go way earlier than that and ask, who do you want to serve? Who do I want to serve? Where are they going? And what problems are they running into? And then what I do from there is I think about this and I think not all problems pay me the same amount of money. Not all problems are valuable, right? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the problems they're running into, I'm only going to choose one of them and make sure it's really, really, really valuable if I was to go solve it. So I, what I will do is I'll sit back and say, like if I'm going to solve the problem of how to put groceries into a bag at the end of a checkout, that's not a very valuable problem and I will be paid little. What I want to get good at and what every entrepreneur is in the business of 
is solving valuable problems. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at each one of these pieces and say, hey, here's here's this valuable problem, this valuable problem, this valuable problem. And I rank them and I say, you know what? This is the one problem right here that I'm going to spend all my business focusing on solving. And when you when you create there's several offer models from there, but when you create it from that standpoint, you what happens is you build a business and an offer that is customer centric instead of your own opinions centric, right? It's, it's not about you. Think, well, this is going to be an amazing thing that I think of because I'm the entrepreneur and I have to be this creative guy. That is so false and so opposite to how real entrepreneurs actually pull it off. It's, it's not, it has nothing to do with our opinions because we're not the ones filling our own wallets. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so let's get real specific into our topic. And, you know, I, I, I have this job really long time and I might want to ask this. If the offer has a higher value than the main product, how do you get profit from that? I mean, I've seen a lot that this one value for, I don't know, thousand, thousand of dollars. And yeah, so how do you get profit from that? Uh, because price and value are not the same thing. So price is how much the person's going to pay you. Value is how much it's worth to them in the future or how much it saves them in the future if they do it. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge difference between price, value, and cost. All right, cost is how much it costs you to provide the solution. Price is what they pay. But value is based on based on the future. And so when people, people will often think, hey, in order for me to make this really valuable offer, I'm going to have no margins. I'm not going to make any profit. That You should design your margins from the beginning. Like one of the, one of the things that I sell now, I was like, I just decided up front, I want to be able to pocket 10 grand per person profit. So mm-hmm. let's go backwards. I'm going to have taxes. I'm going to have the cost to sell. I'm going to have to pay my sales guy. I have cost of fulfillment. And I worked backwards and I was like, okay, well that in order for me to take 10 grand profit per person, I have to charge 25 to $30,000 in order to do that. The value of it is like a hundred thousand dollars because if they, and this is what my students are doing. If they do it, which they are, I'm forcing them to but through several clever things we put together and, after having done this for years, but if they do it, they will, it, I will be appalled if it's less than a hundred thousand dollars and they make, hmm. right? So the value is very, very high, but the price is $30,000. Um, oh. And a lot of them go way past that. So price cost and value are very different. You don't need to sacrifice margins in order to make something valuable. And your perception of price is not their perception of value. Like if I, for example, if I was to go in and I was to build a funnel for myself, I mean, how valuable is that to me? It's not as valuable to me as it is to, if I build someone else's funnel, because they don't know how to do it. Their, their perception of value is higher than if I build a funnel for me, I'm like, oh yeah, we built a funnel. Um, They usually cost me about 10 to 15 grand to make with my team. And then if I was to go do it for somebody else, though, the value to them is way higher, way, way, way higher. Um, and so that's a big trap people fall into in early entrepreneurship. Well, I don't know that I pay for this. You're not the one paying for it at all. 
And, um, and it's, well, it's not that valuable. Maybe to you, but to someone else in a certain category, it might be really, really valuable. And so that's what the game's all about. There's a lot of offer creation methods passed there, but it's, it's, it's based on that foundation. If you can't have that foundation, none of the offer creation methods work. So, Steve, there are two kinds of offer, right? Digital and physical. And I know for some people, they say digital offer is better because it doesn't cost money. But you once said that physical is better because people can touch it, can feel it, smell it, and everything. So they will automatically want that offer. So that this makes me wonder, how do we know which one is uh, profitable, digital, or physical? Um, I wouldn't say physical is better. Um, there's a give and take between them, though. Um, for example, in digital, um, and, and there's, there's a lot more than just two types also, um, but the relationship between digital and physical is very interesting. Right. If I go in and, and for example, like when, when Russell and I were building his dot-com secrets book funnel, um, I'm trying to see if I have the book around me. When we were building that funnel, we start with something physical, the book, right? Because, yeah. because like w- when something is coming in the mail from Amazon, you know, what's funny is like, if I sell an information product on the internet, And and if for some reason a customer can't log in within like an hour, they're like, oh, this might be a scam. But if I buy something off Amazon and I know I have to wait two days, I don't call Amazon saying it's a scam. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Our expectation of physical versus digital is very, very different. It's very, very different. And because of that, the values are very, very different usually. and uh, the prices, again, are also very different. Because I know when I buy a book off of Amazon that someone has to take it off a shelf, someone has to go put it in a box, someone has to seal it, someone has to put a shipping label on it, then it's going to go in a truck. And then it's going to drive. It might get on an airplane, get back in a truck, go to my – like the customer knows that. And because they know that, there's actually a higher perceived value of getting a book like that than there is me buying the same PDF of that book, right? And have instant access to it. Time increases value when, when we're expecting it to show up where this, this, this anticipation, that's one of the benefits physical or physical has over digital. There's time for anticipation and like, Oh, it's like a vacation that's coming up. You're like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this vacation. And you're signing. It has been proven that you have just as much, enjoyment thinking about the vacation coming up as you do on the vacation. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's one of the major benefits physical has over digital, but I am an information product seller because info has much higher margins typically than physical. And so what you do is you just put them together. We'll start with mm-hmm. physical and then we'll put info, info, info afterwards for pure profit. We'll put that loss leader as physical up front because there's high perceived value. And then after that, it's very info, 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 info. And uh, that's where the profits come from. Mm, so the apps are usually about digital and the downsell, all of that must be digital. Is that what you A mean? lot of times. Yeah, a lot of times. Uh-huh. Because it's where pure profit comes. And the second yes is always easier than the first yes. Mm-hmm. So we get the yeah. easy first yes by putting the physical product up front. And then we'll do info, info, info. We're doing that right now with the client. 
and it's a uh, it's it's one of the fun tricks <laughs> how to make the internet game work really well oh yeah so uh how about you walk us through the step-by-step process in creating an offer maybe this maybe the surface of it right yeah just the surface of it for sure yeah yeah so i, I go back to this this formula of who do i want to serve most people don't ask that so they serve <laughs> anybody who has the money that is not a good customer I want to serve somebody who is a a dream and B who actually has the money. Just because somebody has money does not mean I should sell them. Then what I want to go do again is ask where they're trying to go already. This is important because I don't have to deal with somebody who doesn't already have the desire to get somewhere. Like, Oh, you're trying to get to this result and you're already moving. That's awesome. That means I skip having to sell the people who aren't moving who aren't sold on it, who don't do anything in their lives, who aren't willing to take risks, who aren't trying to buy things already. I skip all that crowd by saying, who am I serving? Where are you already trying to go? And then number three is, what problems are you running into as you move? The fourth part is I look forward to, I look to see, this is when I, I call it the problem planner and I go through it, I rank the problems. And I figure out the very valuable problems that I could go solve. When I'm creating the, when I'm creating the offer, the next step is I think through the solutions. What is the solution that I'm willing to provide that would be valuable, that is based on where they're already going, that's based on my who? I, all these things link back together. But what's powerful about it is um, if I can get clear on my solution, just one pro- products or solutions, Products or services, it doesn't matter. Digital, physical, it does not matter at all. My favorite thing to sell with this method is software. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, um, anyway, uh, what I do is I think through this, the product, and then I just think through very simply. I'm like, well, what are the problems they're going to run into when they use my product? And then that's how I create my offer. Like, could we solve those follow-up problems? Mm -hmm. So I'm not just, whenever I create an offer out, a product and an offer are not the same thing, right? I'm going to go think through a product. I'm going to think about all the problems that my solution is going to bring up. For example, I never in my life had to think about how to create a sales letter until I bought ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels actually gave me that problem. I never in my life had to, I did not know what an SMTP email account was until I bought ClickFunnels. I didn't know I had to solve that problem until ClickFunnels gave me that problem. What problems are my product giving my customer post-purchase? And then what I do is I think about how to go in and grab um, solutions to those follow-up problems and then give away those solutions with the original. And now I have... That's where I get my box of stuff, whether it's physical or digital or it doesn't matter. All right. So here's a quick review here. Yeah. So the first one, you you ask the three question, right? So the first step is you ask the three question. And then the second step, you create the solution based on that three question. Yeah, absolutely. So Steve, you've been in this game for quite some time now. So what is the number one secret to create an irresistible offer? Know who you're serving, not what you sell. That's more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people say when you have a great copy, your offer will instantly become irresistible. What do you think? Um, so that's kind of a different topic. So oh. um, 
we create a great offer, but it's a very key question though. Um, offers never sell themselves. Products never sell themselves. You know, when, when companies come out and say, this product is so good, all you have to do is get it in front of people and they'll buy it. That is a pile of steaming garbage. It is, that is terrible advice. Um, what we create for the offer is a sales message. The sales message is what does the selling, right? It's, so although we could go through the, all this work to create a really sexy offer, we have to go create a sales message that sells the offer. Products don't sell themselves. So when someone's like, I made an offer, how come no one's buying it? And then you go look at their copy, like you're saying, um, or they don't have any, you're like, well, that's why no one's buying. You're not asking them to in a sales letter. Um, mm -hmm. So that is true, uh, but there's, they're, they're very different. Um, a sales message is a promise. And an offer is nothing more than fulfillment on that promise. That's how they work together. Wow, you just dropped massive value bomb, Steve. <laughs> I love that. Thanks. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's twenty five minutes or twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, I got just like another two three minutes here, and I have to head out. All right, so we are close to an end today. So, Steve, what's the final takeaway that our listeners will really get from our chat today? Um, I think when you Stop trying to learn everything and just instead like there's a there's an immersion phase that has to happen but what you have to do is after you after you kind of get through that immersion phase you have to focus heavily on just the one problem in front of you and only answer that otherwise you will swim in the sea of never-ending information books longer than you could ever read in your life and you got to put the books down right? Stop learning after a while. If you know you're still in immersion phase, that's great, but don't use it as an excuse to not do something. You know, you can't use it as an excuse. What happens is people keep learning and they don't do anything, but the fact that they're learning, they use it to feel the semblance of motion, right? It's like, you're not doing anything. You're just learning at something else again, but why are you learning it? Do you need to answer the problem in front of you? No. Okay, then why are you learning? <laughs> right, put the book down. Stop learning everything. And and after you've gone through, I think the immersion phase is very important. You should do it um, and go learn everything you can about the topic because you don't know what you don't know. But then after a while, though, stop. Start moving and then only answer the problems that pop up in front of you while you move. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's also about using a book rather than just read a book. Exactly. Yeah. Use. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> so Steve, share with us how we can find more about you and how to connect with you. Thank you. Yeah. If you guys go to just stevejlarson.com, that's kind of the hub for everything. Everything's right there. <laughs> so for the listener, go check out stevejlarson.com and connect with him on Instagram or Facebook. Right. So Steve, thank you for sharing your ideas and insights with us. Really happy to have you here. And for the listeners, I'll catch you another time. Hey, this was great. Thank you so much. Hey, winners. What is your takeaway from this interview? I would love to hear your thoughts about this. And, you know, you can send me a message on Facebook or Instagram to, to share your opinions or takeaways from it. Or maybe you can screenshot this episode and share it on your stories.
Oh yeah, and don't forget to tag me as well. I believe this episode can help many people in creating their offer. So I would be really thankful if you shared this in your stories. And if you want to discover more about business ideas and strategies on how to use social media to dominate your online business, subscribe to the show. And I promise you, you can implement everything right after listening to each episode. All right. Talk to you soon. Hey, thank you for listening. We hope you can implement everything from this episode. And would you like to know more about business strategies and life hacks that you can apply right now? If so, subscribe to this podcast so you can become the best you. 